Our commentary for this week is called Is Mass Charisma the Achilles Heel of Humanity? And it starts with a quotation from Muhammad Mustafa from Thamar University, who said, The charisma is not the leader of mass supporters, but the leader whose opponents feel cautious to criticize him. At a personal level, charisma can be a great asset. But mass charisma is more often than not just plain scary. My first experience of crowds being intoxicated by charisma was in a Canadian rock concert given by The Who in 1968. The sight of mob frenzy as they smashed their instruments on the stage was sickening and I walked out. The sight of Putin trying to use mass charisma to stir his Russian supporters in Moscow's Lutinik Stadium last week brought echoes of Hitler's Nuremberg rallies in the 1920s and 1930s. However, I suspect that the impact of Arnold Schwarzenegger's nine-minute video trending on social media throughout Russia will be considerably greater. The use of mass charisma as a tool for controlling people goes back millennia and remains a major challenge for those of us who believe in individual liberty. So this week we look at how the technique is used to inject a subconscious herd mentality into humanity and, at a personal level, some of the ways in which it can be controlled. German sociologist and political economist Max Weber identified three types of political leadership or domination. Tradition, a legal framework of rules, and charisma. His short life from 1864 to 1920 encompassed a period filled with the melting pot of communism and the rise of Germanic ambition. He is recognised as one of the fathers of sociology, along with Comte, Marx and Durkheim. His focus on charisma, borne out by those Nuremberg rallies just a few years after his death, may have had religious foundations, since most faith traditions, including Christianity, have seen mass charisma at work. You only have to think of the way the crowds call for Jesus' crucifixion just a few days after his triumphant entry into Jerusalem to witness the power of charisma. Yet, as we wrote in our commentary on the 14th of February, the Gospel teaches us that each person has an individual relationship with God which should not be intermediated. There's no doubt that religion is one of the tools Putin is using to justify his murderous assault on Ukraine, even though there are hardly any of the Ten Commandments that he hasn't broken. The leader of the Russian Orthodox Church, Patriarch Kirill, has been pressed by Christian leaders across the world, including the Pope, to condemn the invasion of Ukraine, but nothing has been forthcoming. Putin no doubt seeks to find some religious justification for his actions in his mind. There's a discussion of the roots of the Orthodox Church, in which former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, plays a large part, which helps to explain the complex interplay between Ukraine and Moscow, 
as the orthodox understanding spread north from what was Constantinople and is now as Istanbul. Part of this justification appears to include resisting the decadence of Western civilization as Ukraine moves closer to Europe. Those who would judge others in this way are often quick to defend their actions, but the Christian faith explicitly warns against judgment, calling for us rather to examine our own consciences. That would be a challenge for Putin. But mass charisma sweeps over all this. Logic is easily swept away as the intoxication of the crowd takes over. Consider how Hitler was able to sweep the German nation before him in the 1930s. Individual logic, self-discipline, conscience and a lot of courage are the only ways to resist this technique of mass intermediation. Measured against Weber's trilogy, charisma is the most dangerous. Tradition is easily swept aside in a fast-changing world of technological progress. Meanwhile, rules-based bureaucracy falls foul of stagnation, as seen in the European Union. However, we must watch carefully to resist the siren call of charisma, which takes control like alcohol or drugs. The continuing intergenerational renewal of humanity provides a long-term cleansing of the power of mass charisma. Writing in the Times last week, Hugo Rifkin wrote of the generational struggle for Russia's soul. And that's why it's so important to provide the opportunity for all young people to explore and seek their own fulfillment in life. And in this respect, there is a continuing, although currently eclipsed, process of intergenerational change continuing at present with COVID-19. This week, the United States reaches the awful milestone of one million deaths, and the world as a whole is a long way from being free from the virus. It's ironic that Max Weber died of pneumonia complications after contracting the Spanish flu. Covid remains a dangerous threat for all those who either can't or won't, persuaded by mass charisma perhaps, be vaccinated. Even in the United Kingdom, the daily death toll is still in three figures. In the United States, the weekly death rate is 20 times higher for those who are unvaccinated compared to those who have been fully vaccinated and boosted. It's understandable that governments are now taking the breaks off COVID protection. They would argue that people have had every opportunity to take advantage of a vaccine and that economics have to get moving again. So the threat now lies fairly and squarely with the unvaccinated. As with economics, so also with authoritarian dictators. Death will make its mark in the end, and new generations will take on the stewardship of our challenged world. Let's hope they increasingly realise that using mass charisma to dominate others is not the route to a fulfilling life, that humans are not herd animals at heart. Mm -hmm.